Hey, this is Pastor Arm, and I want to thank you for joining me today for the Activation Church podcast. We are here so that people can activate their life in Christ, and I believe this message is going to help you go further than ever before. Check it out. Why don't we put our hands together and welcome everybody for joining us online today. I'm excited. Listen, when I think about the goodness of the Lord, it makes me get happy. That's all I got to do. All I have to do is have a thought about how good he has been to me. The fact that I am here today, the fact that I have air in my lungs and I'm alive and I have a mouth to speak and eyes to see and ears to hear and feet to walk on, I am grateful. Amen? Well, it's the first Sunday of the month, and so we're starting a brand new series called First Things First. Why don't you turn to the person next to you and say, you got to keep first things first. If you have a Bible, let's go to Psalm, the 24th chapter. I want to read one verse, and then we'll hop right in. All of the verses will be uh, on the screen for you, not only in here, but also online, so you can feel free to follow along. And I also want to encourage you, go back in your own time and listen to the podcast or watch the videos on YouTube. If you're watching right now, make sure that you subscribe to our channel Give us a big thumbs up, click the notification bell, whatever the crazy kids do nowadays on YouTube, we want you to do it. But Psalm 24, 1 says, the earth is the Lord's. Catch this. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. The world and those who dwell therein. The earth is the Lord's. Turn to the person next to you and say, it belongs to him. Everything that you see, everything even in the unseen realm, was made by him, created by him, and it belongs to him. Tell the person next to you and say, it belongs to him. This uh, past week, I, my wife and I took our family out west, and if you're interested in seeing any of the pictures, you can check out her Instagram account because she, uh, she records everything that we do. I, I'm not that kind of person, like... I grew up very private, like I was the type family, like if we went out of town, nobody knew we went out of town. As a matter of fact, there were times where I would like go to talk to my dad, and I couldn't find him, I'd call him, he'd say, son, I'm out of town. <laughs> That's good to know. And so we were like a very private family, but my wife, she like takes pictures of everything, she documented the entire trip, and while we were out there, we saw some amazing landscapes. I mean, it was beautiful out there, the, the mountains and, the, and, and all the... The, the, the cliffs and the valleys and the rivers and the lakes and the this and the that, the jello pudding pops. It was, it was, <laughs> I did it. It was amazing. But what was cool is we were, at this, we were at this lake and they were explaining how the lake was made. And they were talking about this glacier that, that melted and it developed this lake. And all I heard was Jesus made that. They're talking about the glacier, but I'm saying in my mind, Jesus made that. Everything that I see, I, I'm, I, I'm seeing it as God's creation that he created for my pleasure. Do, do you understand that? He, everything that he made, he made for your pleasure and his glory. Now catch that. He made it for your pleasure, but it's also for his glory. See, we get the pleasure part. We, we know how to go to the beach and enjoy the ocean and enjoy uh, all the beautiful scenery. We, we got that part, but we forget to turn our pleasure into his glory, our pleasure into his worship. When we were out there, we saw all kinds of animals, and uh, 
One of the beasts that we saw was the American buffalo, the bison, which is delicious on a hamburger, FYI. <laughs> and I began to tell my kids, I was talking about how the Native American people used just about every portion of the bison for their life. They, they used it for clothes, they used it for tools, they used it for food, they used it for medicine. I mean, the bison was a very important part of their life, and it was so important that they would actually have ceremonies that they would worship the bison. They, they would have dances and pray and worship this bison because the bison gave them life. The only problem is they didn't look past the bison to see the God who created the bison. So, so many times we do that. We, we focus on the wrong thing. We see the bison instead of the God that made the bison. We see the ocean instead of the God that made the ocean. We see the stars instead of the God who made the stars. And it's all for our pleasure, but we've got to remember that our pleasure should produce his glory. Our pleasure should produce his glory. It's not bad. Hear what I'm saying. It's not bad to enjoy people, places, and things. Pleasure is good. Pleasure is from God. But pleasure must have proper focus. Turn to the person next to you and say, your pleasure must have proper focus. Revelation 4.11 says, worthy are you, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power for you created all things. And by your will, they existed and were created. For you created all things. For you created all things. Everything that you see comes from him. Even things that you don't consider like your iPhone. You know, that was, that's a Steve Jobs thing. Everything that was used to create that iPhone was something that God placed in the earth when he said, let it be so. Everything. Somebody say everything. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. Are you getting it? Even you. You belong to God. You do not belong to you. Are you following this line of thinking? The earth is the Lord's. I'm trying to take you all somewhere in this series of first things first. I'm wanting you to see how important God is to every aspect of your life. You are living because he said live. You are breathing right now because he said breathe. Your heart is beating in your chest right now because he said let your heart beat. He is the source. He is the substance. But if you have misplaced focus, you have misplaced worship. Think about that for a moment. If you have misplaced focus, you have misplaced worship. See, you are going to worship something or someone. Because that's what you were created for. That's, that's how you were designed. It's in your makeup. You are going to worship. And you will worship on, with whatever you focus on. The Native Americans, they worshiped the bison because they saw the bison as the source. And so if your focus is misplaced, your worship will be misused. You'll misuse your life. You'll misuse your time. You'll misuse your talents. You'll misuse your finances. You'll misuse everything that God has placed in your hands because your focus is misplaced. But as soon as you get your focus on the proper thing and understand that the earth is the Lord's 
and the fullness thereof. Everything that you think is yours actually belongs to him, and it's just a resource that he's placed in your hands to receive glory from it. If you're talented, that talent was given to you for his glory. If you're gifted in business, that gift was given to you to produce glory for his name. Are you following what I'm saying? Everything that you are and everything that you have is for his purpose. My life is for his glory. Somebody say, my life life. is for his glory. The Apostle Paul said this. He said, for me to live is Christ. In other words, if I wake up in the morning and I'm still on this side of the earth, then I'm going to live for his glory. I'm going to handle my relationships in a way that brings honor to him. I'm going to love my spouse and honor my spouse in a way that honors him because it's actually worship. When I love my wife the way that God says I should love my wife, it's worship to him. Are you following this? See, sometimes we think that worship is just what happens here. It's only the slow song because we know that the, the fast song is praise and the slow song is worship, but you're missing it altogether has nothing to do with music or tempo. Praise is our declaration of God's greatness, but worship is about his holiness. And every aspect of my life can bring worship to him if I keep my focus on the right thing. My talents become a tool for his glory. When you play guitar up here, you are doing it for his glory. If you're an artist, you do it for his glory. If you're a teacher, you can teach for his glory. Are you seeing this? You can allow the light of God that is in you to shine before men so that they see your good works, Jesus said, and then they glorify your Father in heaven. So what happens is your good works, your good works when in proper place produce glory. My talents, my time. See, that, we don't consider that sometimes of our, our time being an act of worship. Do you know why we meet on Sundays as a church? It's because it's the first day of the week. We're saying, God, I recognize how important you are to my life, and so I'm going to give the first portion of the first day of the week to you because it belongs to you, my time belongs to you and I want to use it in a way that honors you now obviously he obviously gives me time to to, for pleasure he gives me time to enjoy things but I also need to keep it in perspective and go because you have given me this life and because you have given me this time I'm going to in turn give that time back to you for your glory the apostle Paul says I beseech you therefore brethren by the mercies of God that you present your bodies Oh, come on, somebody. Present your bodies as a living sacrifice. What does that mean? Everything that you are, baby, belongs to him. You got to catch this. See, we, we so miss the meaning of life because we get caught up in the day-to-day. We get caught up in the wants and the desires, thinking that will produce the pleasure, but it will never produce the pleasure. You'll always strive for more, and there will always be something more you'll fantasize about. If you've achieved any level of success in here, you know what I'm saying is true. See, if you've never had anything, you think that if I have this, then I'll have pleasure. 
But if you've ever achieved something, you understand that once you get what you thought would bring pleasure, there's always something more. Are you following what I'm saying? There's always something more. And it's always a grasping. Solomon said it's like a grasping of the wind. I'm chasing after the wind. I'm trying to take hold of something that I can't take hold of because pleasure is never there. True pleasure comes from worshiping God. And when I become thankful and grateful for what I have and for what he's done, that's when true pleasure is produced inside of me. I lay my life down as a living sacrifice because that's what I'm intended for. In light of everything that you've done for me, God, I just take my life and say, it's yours. Oh, God, if we could catch this church. We would change our world if we would catch the fact that the earth is his. It all belongs to him. Your life belongs to him. Your time, your talent, your finances belong to God. The Bible says that it is he that gives you power to get wealth. No, man, I'm a hard worker. I wake up in the morning. I put my boots on, strap my pants around my waist. I built my company. All right, Jack. Let's talk about this. So first, you said you woke up. Who allowed that? You put your pants on. Who allowed that? You walked somewhere. Who allowed that? Are you following what I'm saying? Well, I applied my mind to it. Okay. <laughs> Where'd that mind come from? Are you seeing what I'm Have you ever stopped to consider that the talent that you have and the gift that you have to create wealth is because God has placed that there inside of you? Your ability to do what you do comes because he has placed it inside of you. That's why some people are good at this, some people are good at that. It's because God has designed us all differently, and it is for his glory. He gives you the power to get wealth. He gives you the power to take hold of blessings and favor. He gives you the power, and then here's what he says in return. He says, okay, since I've given you the power to get wealth, here's what I want you to do. And here's where we miss it. And here's how we misuse our finances. We don't, we don't understand that he gave it to us, and so we never return anything back to him. He says, I'll give it to you. I'll bless you. I'll sustain you. I'll help you. I'll increase you, but you're going to honor me. You're going to keep me first, not just in your time, not just in your talent, but when it comes to my pocketbook, I'm going to keep him first because Jesus says, where my treasure is that's where my heart will be are you seeing this this morning i was dreaming and i won't go into details of the dream but i was in my dream i was working on a sermon and that's what what came to me was where, where your treasure is that's where your heart is also and god was saying i'm not after your treasure i'm after your heart but but how you release your treasure proves where your heart is See, I can tell where your heart is. If you give me your bank statements and you give me your credit card statements, I'll tell you where your heart is. And many times we never carve out a portion for God. We don't honor him with what he's placed in our hands. But it's actually his. When you see this, it's actually all his. A hundred percent of it belongs to him. And then he says, what I want you to do with that is I want you to honor me with that wealth. I want you to use it in such a way that it brings glory to me. Watch what he says, Proverbs 3, 9. Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the first fruits of your produce. Then, 
then your barns will be filled with plenty. Then your barns will be filled with plenty, and your vats will be bursting with wine. God's saying, I can do more than enough for you, but you're going to have to recognize who I am in your life. You're going to have to recognize that I am the source. Your job is not the source. Are you following what I'm saying? Your job may change from time to time, but the source never changes. And God says, if you'll keep the first thing first and keep me in proper perspective, I'll make sure that I take care of you. Jesus said, seek first. Are you following me? Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. That's his way of doing things. He says, then everything else you need, I'll add it to you. But here's what we do. We seek first the things. We seek first the things, and then when we fall short, we cry out to God. And God's saying, I've given you the plan. I've given you the plan. I've given you the way. You just haven't walked in it. This is important to catch. Worship is more than a song or an event. Worship is a lifestyle. And God deserves worship from every aspect of my life. The Bible says, Psalm 103, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. What does that mean? Every fiber of of my being, everything that I am, everything that I have, I use to bless him. This is not a game to me. This is a lifestyle to me. I miss it sometimes. I fall short a lot of times. I was praying last night. I said, God, at my best, I'm a failure. I told him, I said, God, I need you. I need you. I, I don't step on this stage thinking I'm all that in a bag of potato chips. I don't think that I can get up here and do this on my own. I get before God and say, God, I need you because if you don't show up, I'm going to fail. But once he shows up, hear what I'm saying? When he shows up and he causes me to prosper, I better worship him and honor him for what he's done if I want it to continue. Because listen to what I'm saying, and this can be applied to every aspect of your life. Whatever you do not celebrate will stop. Whatever you do not celebrate will stop. Stop celebrating your spouse and see what's hap what happens. They will find someone else to celebrate them. Whatever you ce stop celebrating stops in your life. And so if God has done anything for you, you should honor him. You should worship him. You should be vocal about it. You should praise him. You should talk about the goodness of God. You should tell your family about everything that God's done for you. I am where I am because what God's done for me, not because I'm, I'm great. Do you know what my GPA was when I graduated high school? I better not tell you. Some of you won't come back to church next week. I graduated with a 1.7 GPA. So I'm not here because I'm bright. I understand who my source is. And I understand that scripture where it says, I can do all things through Christ. See, there's the key, through Christ who strengthens me. I'm not the source. He is. And if I'll celebrate the source, it creates more 
space for him to do more in my life. Don't miss this today. Many times when churches start talking about this type of thing, they, the people feel like the church is trying to get something from them. And it has nothing to do with that. It's trying to open up a door for God to start moving and operating in your life. If you don't want to give God your time, don't do it. If you don't want to give God your talent, don't do it. If you don't want to share a portion of your finances that God has placed in your hands, don't do it. But you know what the Bible says? The Bible says you'll be gathering and you'll work hard and it'll be like putting money in a pocket with holes in it. You'll never have enough. You'll never have enough. But when you honor God with what you have, he says, watch what I'll do. Malachi 3, he says, you want to see something? Prove me in this. He says, see if I will not open up the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing upon you that you cannot contain. And wait, call now. I'll also rebuke the devourer for your sake. And he says, prove me in this. Test me in this. See, it's easy if, if, if you did an offering and you're like, we're raising money for starving children today. People, their hearts move and they'll give to that. But how many times do we give just because God is good? I thought about that in the shower this morning. You know, if we want to raise money for cancer awareness, we want to raise money for this or that, and all those things are great. Our hearts move with compassion and many times we'll give towards that. But how many times do we wake up and just say, God, you're so good. I'm going to do something. I, I'm going to do something to recognize who you are. Not just the first, not just the tenth. See, the tenth is the tithe. That's, that's what belongs to God. You understand what I'm saying? The tenth belongs to God. A tenth of everything that you have belongs to him. It's not yours. Ninety percent is what he says, I'll let you enjoy that and have pleasure in that. But ten, that belongs to me. And we'll, we'll talk about this fur, uh, further in, in some upcoming weeks. But the offering is anything that you do above. And the Bible says that God loves a cheerful giver. When you take joy in giving because God is good. Today, this is the first Sunday of the month. I made a, I'm making out my check for my tithe. So then I thought, you know what? Both services today, I'm going to do something extra than I would normally do as a first things first offering. And I've got envelopes up here. I'm going to ask the band to come up here and join me. And uh, there's envelopes here. There's envelopes in the foyer. Actually, Sean, would you take those, just play, lay them on the, uh, the camera stand. I'm going to ask the, the band to come up here and, and just play. And we're going to pray. And if you feel like joining me in this first things first offering, you can do so. And just write on the envelope first. If you don't feel like doing anything, don't. Listen, this is never a twist your arm type thing. You understand what I'm saying? I, I never want you to feel like you have to give because the Bible teaches that we don't give out of compulsion. We don't give out of compulsion. We give out of love. That's what God honors. That's what God respects. And he says, you know what I'll do? In return, I'll take care of you. See, I truly understand that God will supply every need that I have according to his riches which are in glory. That's what the word says. Am I correct? It says, my God shall supply all of your needs according to his riches and glory. But do you know who Paul's talking to there? It's not everybody. Turn to the person next to you and say, it's not everybody. 
So you got to read the text in context. He's talking to those who had supported the ministry. They gave so that the gospel could go forward. And Paul says, I'm sure of one thing. My God will supply your needs according to his riches and glory. God has no limit. See, sometimes we, we limit God. And if you're watching online and you want to participate in this, you can do it at activationchurch.com. But we, we limit God because we truly don't think he's the source. Are you, seeing, are you understanding what I'm saying? We limit God because we don't think he's the source. And that's why we have to grasp onto everything that we get because we think that we're the source and we'll never get more. But when we understand how God is and who God is and how he works, we understand that it's a continual life of living with an open hand because it all belongs to him. Remember, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. And so what God does is he places in my hand so that I can release with the other. And then there's always more than enough in this hand. I've seen it happen in my life. I've seen it happen in the life of this church. Do you want to know why we have what we have? It's because this church has been faithful to give outside of this church. See, we don't take everything that comes into this church and just put it back into the work here. We've always been faithful to help support other ministries around the world. We've bought generators for orphanages. We supplied a lighting system for a ministry that travels all over the world presenting the gospel of Jesus Christ. Thousands of people have given their life to the Lord through this ministry. Their goal is to reach one million souls. And the whole lighting system that they use on their crusades was purchased by our church. So I understand this principle. I know that one day I walked into a church in, in Fort Lauderdale, Florida, and they were building a new building, and they were taking up an offering for this building. And I was thinking in my mind, I was thinking, well, right now we're in a 2,600-square-foot facility, and I know that we need another sanctuary, and I sure our church really could use this money to, to, to save up, to get us something one day. But I understand the principle, and I understand what you make happen for others, God will make happen for you. And so our church sowed into that church. That year, we found this building. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Then we were going to move into this building, we didn't have the money that we needed to do anything. We didn't have the money to do any renovations. We didn't even have the money to put a down payment on it. A man walks up to me one day, hands me a check and says, I believe this is what you'll need for the down payment. I said, thank you for doing this. He said, no. He said, I made a sale and God told me this money was not mine. It belonged to the church. We were able to purchase this building. I said, well, you know what? We're not going to put ourselves in debt buying lighting or televisions or, or sound or any of that stuff. And so we moved in. We set up. A man who didn't go to our church wrote me a check that covered all the sound, the lighting, the screens, everything that we needed. Are you hearing what I'm saying? It didn't even come from people who were within the church. It was people outside of the church. But you know why? Because our faithfulness and our generosity to the ministry and the work of the gospel caused God to speak to somebody that didn't even go to the church and say, go and do this. God knows how to supply your needs, is what I'm trying to say. One day, the man of God, he's by, he's by the brook, and God is supplying to him from the water, and he's sending ravens for bread, okay? He's supplying this man's needs. One day, the brook dries up, the raven stops flying, the man's like, what's going on? God says, I want you to go down and see this widow. 
when he goes down to see the widow, this widow has nothing. She's about to die. And the man of God says, make me a cake. She's like, I don't have enough to make a cake. He says, make me a cake. She makes him a cake. Now watch this. And out of her giving to him, his need of food is supplied. And then God says, now I'm going to supply for you. And she never ran out. And actually, if you study her story, created a perpetual harvest in her life. That's how God works. That's how God works. And you can take it or leave it however you want to. But I choose in my life, for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord with every aspect of our life, including our finances. So as the band plays right now, if you want to get an envelope to give something, you can. And again, this is no high pressure. You don't even have to give it within the service. You can wait till service is over. But I'm going to ask that everybody would stand with me. And before we leave, we've got a few more minutes. I just want to pray for you. And can I say how thankful I am again to see you here? I'm thankful, Jim. It's good to have Jim back. God did something amazing in your life, and I'm thankful for that. Never miss an opportunity to be thankful. Hear what I'm saying? Never miss an opportunity to be thankful. Father, for every person that is in this place today, God, I say thank you. Lord, they are here because you drew them here. And Lord, I thank you for being faithful in our lives. I thank you for every benefit that comes from being a child of you. Lord, we are saved. We are redeemed. We are delivered. We are healed. Joy belongs to us. Peace belongs to us. Strength belongs to us. Lord, you are our provider. And today, God, I declare that you are my provider. You are the possessor and maker and creator of heaven and earth. Lord, and everything declares your glory. And today I just stand, Lord, with your people and with the host of heaven and say, holy is the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you, God. Father, I ask that you would move in every heart and every life. If you have a specific need in your life, I'm going to ask that you would just lay your hand over your heart. Because we're going to pray for that. And it doesn't matter if I know what it is. You know. God knows. And we're going to agree together. Father, for every need, we understand that you have the ability to supply. And God, there are some people in here today that they have no hope without you. Lord, they're in a situation that if you don't show up, it's not going to change. But God, we believe that you are going to step in, that you are going to begin to turn it around for them. God, that you're going to make the impossible possible. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord.